Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. On today's show, we're talking to Mandy Sharp, founder and CEO at Kinman Communications. Mandy and I are going to be talking about her experiences of running a consumer PR firm during the COVID-19 lockdown. As ever, a quick plug from me, if I may. If you haven't booked your tickets yet, then please, you haven't got long to do it for our series of PR and light events. Uh, the topics we're looking at are PR analytics, the intersection of PR and SEO, and the influence of influence. Tickets for these virtual events are only $39.99. The first event is on the 7th of May and are weekly after that. All the details on the homepage of PRMoment.com. I should say, um, during this lockdown period, we really appreciate our parents' podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Mandy, welcome to the show. Hi. Right, so Mandy, how has it been for you and Tin Man? It's tough out there at the moment for all businesses, um, but I'd suggest um, that most consumer brand-focused PR firms have been hit especially hard. Well, it's, it is pretty tough, I would say. Um, I would say it's probably the unpredictability of business that is proving hard, kind of the hardest element of the whole thing, um, because every single day is different. Um, so you don't quite know what to expect when you wake up in the morning. Um, I would say it has settled a little bit. Um, and I think we now have some quite good plans in place for quite a lot of clients. And there is, it, the business is still moving, which is obviously great. Um, you know, there has been some of our clients that have had to pause work, delay work, cancel projects, etc., cetera, uh, because of the, the business they're in. Um, but, you know, I've got other clients that have continued as normal because it's kind of the, the, the business they're in. They haven't had to close down offices etc they can continue as normal and therefore their brands need to continue to be marketed so it's it's a mixed it's a mixed bag i would say but i mean would you agree with that hypothesis that consumer um focused businesses are a, a, a bit a, a hard, in general terms anyway have been harder hit than b2b or technology type businesses I suspect, look, obviously I don't, I don't know other people's businesses, but I suspect yes is the answer. I think the problem with consumer PR is that often it's quite project-based. So whilst you, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have kind of ongoing retainer business, there's always big kind of creative brand campaigns that sit above that, which are project-based. So if you're working towards a big summer campaign, obviously that's going to be paused if it's not right for now. So I think that's, that's been difficult for consumer agencies. So, you know, whilst retainer work can continue, the, the, the planning and activation of kind of project-based work will stop for a lot of brands and a lot of agencies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, uh, we, we can talk about that a bit later on, but let's come on to that now, shall we? The, a lot of your time is currently spent presumably rescoping work um, and, and planning work for clients that we, we hope will happen at some time in the future. Yeah, yeah, we're doing, we are doing a lot of planning for future work, a lot of changing strategy and approach, and in some cases coming up with new creatives, um, new media stories, new angles, um, you know, just re-looking at everything really with a kind of COVID lens, if you like. Um, 
And how much how much actual activation is going on? I mean, I'm sure there's some, but presumably there's there's less than there's, there's much less than normal, right? There's much, there is much less activation. I suppose it depends what you mean by activation. Obviously, we have anything kind of experiential. Obviously, yeah. is <laughs> isn't looking good. No. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's none of that. Um, but in terms of activation digitally, a lot of stuff has been kind of shifted in terms of budgets and activation online. So we are doing lots of influencer campaigns, digital content for clients. Um, so there is activation happening for some clients, but it's not activation in the sense of doing a big event or anything like that. So that's fine because we, we do a lot of digital influence work anyway. Um, so it's just, it's just being quite clever and nimble and sort of re-looking really at how you can just get those messages across in a different way. And just being, you know, we have to re-look at tone and strategic direction for, for the brand work because it's got to feel right and everything is different now. Um, so, you know, you can't just carry on as normal. Everything's different. Some, cl some clients we've actually created extra campaigns for them because they actually have a purpose during COVID. Like one of our clients, for example, is a, a kid's audio storybook box. It's like a, a piece of tech that tells stories um, to kids. And we've, you know, really quickly, and I think that's something that's quite important for brands is the quicker brands can move, um, the easier it is in a way. So, you know, if it's a brand you can, you can give your client a plug if you want, Mandy. You don't have to. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a brand called Tony's. I mean, oh, okay. it's, it's a it's a brand called Tony's. It's a, a kids, as I say, kids audio audio box which tells. It's got some tech in it, and you put these models on the top, and it tells stories. It's really cute. But anyway, it's just as soon as it kind of COVID happened and lockdown happened, we were like, God, they've got a real role to play here because parents are desperate for for kind of more educational ways of entertaining their kids in lockdown so right. we basically got a really amazing author and um, commissioned him to write a kid's story about covid um in a way that kids could understand and we created this content and you know it's a really sweet campaign and obviously coverage has been great because people want to write and share that because it's useful so brands, you know, it's just it's just looking at ways that you can get messages across in a way that's going to be useful to the audience and to consumers because everything's different. Sure, there are there are there are PR parents everywhere nodding their heads. I'm sure I, I spent my morning trying to put together a PowerPoint slide, which I'm alright at PowerPoint, but trying to do it on a tablet for my son's for my son's homework was was somewhat sense of humour for failing. Um, now I was just gonna should just get it out there at the start. One of your clients is Hilton, um, yeah. so I'm guessing that's it's been pretty tricky managing that because I, I don't uh, I, I guess that Hilton aren't particularly active at the moment because all their all their hotels are shut. Yeah, absolutely. So Hilton was I suppose one of the first um, clients that contacted us um, to pause activity, um, and you know totally understandable. All their hotels are closed or being kind of reacquired as hospitals actually. Um, and, you know, they were furloughing staff, quite a lot of staff, and trying to sort, you know, their business out for the future. So all our activity was paused quite quickly. Um, and, and so be it. I mean, you know, we're still, we still talk to the client quite a lot, actually. Um, and it's difficult for them. And, you know, it's, it's tough, you know, all, you know, various teams having to be t furloughed. And it's, it's tough for everyone. It's tough for us and it's tough for them. And I think you have to be sensitive to that. Um, the work will come back. 
and the hotels will reopen. And in fact, in China, the hotels are already reopening. So, you know, I think companies that act quickly, which they are that kind of company, they, they acted very quickly in terms of sorting out their cost base, et cetera, and their business as much as they could, will be able to recover um, quicker, I suspect. Um, so, you know, yeah, that, that was, a, that was a, a quick acting pause of work, definitely. Yeah, you felt the you felt the um the, the effect of the lockdown pretty early on there. I'm sure. Um, you mentioned furloughing there, but most or well, a lot. I don't know about most, but a lot of PR firms I've spoken to have furloughed some staff. Um, yeah. and I just think it's important. It's not something anyone should be ashamed of, is it? It's a, it's it's a good scheme for PR firms. Have you guys furloughed any staff? Yeah, we have furloughed some staff. Um, we furloughed staff um, on accounts that obviously work has completely stopped or work has reduced significantly because they haven't got enough work to do, being really honest. And also some staff that's more, they're more front of house and work, you know, office based. And obviously we're not in our office. So they also have um, their role, you know, has to be paused. So I'm not ashamed at all of the furlough. I think it's a brilliant scheme. Um, and we also did that relatively quickly, obviously because of Hilton and you know various other products being on hold. We had to move quickly, for, for, you know, to be responsible, to be a responsible agency where we're looking out for the future. To be honest with the company and the staff, and I wanted to be able to have a have a company that's effective and running and in a good place after this whole mayor has finished. Really, so you know, I'm, I don't think there's anything to be ashamed ashamed of. You know, obviously it's. It's tricky and it's, you know, it's not a happy conversation with staff, you know, talking to them about the furlough. But I have to say, our our team have been amazing and they totally get it. Um, And actually, we we stay in touch with them a lot. So we do a lot of socials and we're very aware of keeping the kind of Tin Man community going. And, you know, we do socials at least twice a week and they're all involved in that. Um, And actually, quite a few of them are working on some pro bono projects that we've taken on. Um, as well because they're able to to support there they can't support on any work but they can support on pro bono work so they've been working on some of those projects for us okay um i just you touched actually there how are you running a business how are you sort of planning for the future are you are you trying to make a profit each month um and obviously you're, you're filling some people or are you are you carrying some extra capacity to treat on which approach you're taking yeah, it's it's a oh god. It's very different how we're looking at our business now to how we were just a couple of months ago. I suppose long term financial targets are definitely on hold at the moment. Um, we are looking at the business and running it in a much more short term way. So we literally look at each month, um, and our goal is breaking even rather than making profit. Um, you know, we, we're fortunately okay. We're quite a stable business, which is good, thank God. And we've had, you know, six years of building a good business, which I am so grateful for now. Um, but, you know, whereas, you know, we were always very kind of savvy financially and always working to a, you know, profit margin, et cetera, every month. Um, we've kind of stopped all of that, obviously. And it's now, we look at each month as it comes and our our goal every month is to break even. Anything that goes over and above that is brilliant. But that's not, we're not trying to make loads of profit over the next couple of months because I think it's unrealistic. And if I was making profit, I wouldn't need to furlough staff, would I? So, um, you know, it's got to it's make sense. But 
it's it's more about breaking even, keeping the, the company going, doing continuing to work for the clients we've got, um, do decent do decent work, etc., and set them up so they're also our clients are ready to go um, with bigger and you know more I suppose creative activations when we come out of this. I guess the furlough the government's furlough scheme means that you don't have to make a loss each month because in that yeah, sense one of those staff who and, and where is it carrying those wages would have meant you'd have made a loss so it's in that sense the scheme's done its job on that side yeah absolutely it means that you don't you know start gathering big losses month after month after month so that when you come out of it you've got all that m money to try and find from somewhere you know it's 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 just a smart it's a smart scheme um sure. you know the start the staff have are still part of our team um they're just paused for a bit which means we can sort of save those costs and keep the business going really well so that by the time we come out of this we can get going quickly um so yeah i think it's it's a good scheme all around really interesting to see when when the, the when the government starts um, winding that scheme back whether they start decreasing the percentage a bit or, or make allowing people to work a little bit and and there's the if it just goes from furlough to no furlough overnight it's going to be difficult for businesses to plan i suspect yeah i yeah it will be and i suppose it depends on how quickly brands move and start marketing again you know there's such a nervousness we're talking to so many brands both our clients and kind of other brands um all the time at the moment and you know there's it's this sense of not knowing what's going to happen that is i suppose causing so much um unease in terms of marketing and committing to work um which is a shame you know i think there has to be an element of bravery i know it sounds really easy for me to say and i don't i don't you know mean it in a negative way but i think you know life is going to have to go on in some form or another so mm. you know there's for certain brands there's no point in hiding under a rock for three months because it's you know there are consumers there and we've done loads of, sort of research on it as well because we've been doing this covid tracker this impact tracker which kind of in real time tracks how people are feeling towards brands and what channels they're on and how they're using different forms of media etc and i think it's like 83 percent of people want to hear the same or more from brands that they engage with regularly you know there's there's an appetite for people to you know to, to absorb this content so you know I think there has to be some sort of element of bravery with, with brands. I'm not saying they need to spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on, on kind of content that doesn't feel right or that's tonally wrong. Of course not. But, you know, going quiet isn't always the best answer. No, and it's a, such a difficult one for the, for the in-house guys, isn't it? Because they're, in a sense, they, um, they probably agree with you, but in, internally within those brands currently, um, mm. there is that pressure to just to cut all expenditure, isn't there? That's right. That's right. And it's that balance that they're always, you know, and I totally, I totally get it. I totally understand that. Um, so, so yeah, well, it's just on your COVID tracker, I was going to ask whether there's some interesting stuff on the, on the, on the different types of channels people are, uh, are tuning into currently. I didn't know whether it looked to that side. Yeah. Well, there's, there's, it changes every day, but I mean, it's pretty much um, social and digital all the way as you would expect so i think in the last week alone there's been an increase of about 50 percent of people using social media so it's been you know go, it's been going up since we started this but just in the last week alone that's another 50 percent increase so 27 percent of something the population are on instagram at least once a day 
Um, 60% are on Facebook. It's, you know, our reliance on social is huge. So, you know, digital channels are, are really powerful at the moment and influencers as well. You know, brands using influencer marketing and um, kind of creating content through their influences is also really popular because I think people are craving kind of conversation and communication and connection. So they can do that through social media. Um, well, I guess also it's, that it's a, become a bit of a cliche, but digital first businesses are, are, are well positioned to take advantage of, of, of what's happening right now, aren't they? Or, or, or better positioned to take advantage of it than, than, than any business that didn't have a digital platform. Um, I mean, I, I can believe that there were some retailers out there who didn't have a website, which was, I don't know, uh, um, which is extraordinary, isn't it? You think people, you know, national retailers don't have a website and therefore, you know, they're, they're clearly in big trouble right now. So it's... Uh, yeah, totally. um, well, look at Amazon. Mr. Bezos, hasn't he made, I think, $24 billion increase in his personal wealth or something since COVID? He must be all right. I don't lie awake at night thinking, worrying about any bank account. No. Absolutely. Um, now, um, I was just going to ask the... Uh, I mean, it's impossible predictions to ask for people for predictions is, is, is you know it's, it's how long is a piece of string clearly but you know you talk to clients a lot and that type of thing do you have any any sort of semblance of of when I'm not suggesting you're going to know when the lockdown's going to going to come to an end that that's one for for, for Boris but yeah. um do you have any feeling about when brands or, or what conditions there might need to be for brands to start reinvesting in communications and marketing again? I mean, the conversations we're having with clients and brands is kind of looking around late summer for kind of some of the bigger campaigns and activations to, to start again. Um, I, I think people need to see what's going to happen after lockdown in terms of their business. Um, you know, as I say, some brands are keeping their call. They're, they're continuing to, to market, um, albeit slightly differently, but they, they are continuing to have a presence. Others have paused activity and are looking to, to reinstate it late summer. Um, whether that happens, I have had a crystal ball. I would be, you know, that would be great. I'd love to know for definite, but that's the kind of conversations we're having late summer. Lots of people talking about we'll do that in quarter, quarter four um, in the autumn. But I don't think anything massive will will change before summer or late summer, personally. Yeah, fingers crossed, though, Mandy. Um, now, presumably, some of your clients are having a, a decent time with things at the moment, are they? It can't, can't all be bad. No, you know, we've got some clients that are are continuing. You know, Ferrero, we work for Ferrero, and you know, they're they're continuing to to do bits and bobs. And um, people, you know, love Kinder eggs. They love Nutella. They love all, all their brands. And we are eating and drinking a lot um so they're fine you know we've got financial clients like Barclays etc they're all good so there are there are clients that are good Virgin Media we're doing you know still working with and oh, our, da- our online dating app they're great because you know online dating is going strong while everyone's at home I mean it's a weird old weird old dating world but you know they're still they're still quite keen to to meet people um online so you know there are some brands and I'm sure you know lots of agents have lots of brands that are, are still really active um so yeah, it's not all bad. It's not all bad at all, and we're you know we're still we're still surviving. Yeah, I mean, just on the online dating, isn't that a somewhat frustrating experience because you you never get to to meet the person you're you're you've had a date with? I don't know. Like, I mean, it's a weird world because obviously they're a client, but I've also got loads of single friends who ah. seem to like 
have lots of conversations and kind of online dating chat with people, but they never ever meet. I don't know if that's just like, I don't know, because I'm not on that scene, but I don't know, maybe I think it's part of the course. I think it's, it's kind of normal for them. But I do also know a friend of mine who did have a social distance date in her car um, with sunglasses on and in a car park. So I, can't, I don't think that was going to set the love match on fire, but that was how they were doing their kind of social distance date. <laughs> was, there, was there a second social distance date? No, there hasn't been a second one, funnily enough. <laughs> okay. Mandy, great to chat. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.